Good King Wenceslas looked down on the feast of Stephen. Clean and crisp and even. It's manners. How come you didn't pull my chair out? I didn't know you were going to do it. That's not something that we've set up. All right. <laughs> Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. <laughs> Such ambiance. Such yes. occasion. So this is Christmas. What have you done? What? Like for Christmas? Well, I'm here. That's the song. Oh, it is. Yeah. I was being spontaneous. Oh. Uh, in the Christmas spirit, I dyed my hair. You did. And not just like I did when I was 15 and sprayed it with stuff from Hot Topic. This is semi-permanence. This is fun. I don't know if they talked about it in Sawbones, but um, these balloons are all ticking time bombs. And could pop at any point. So if you have a weak heart or a pacemaker. I think it Sydney. takes more than a balloon. Sydney, to what's a pacemaker, pacemaker do? I'll figure it out later. Um, so this is Candle Nights. And the history of Candle Nights goes back millennia. At least 3,000. 3,000 years when the first candle lights were celebrated, if, if I remember correctly. I was but there. But you do have an, an incorrect brain at this point. I That's mean, true. So. Wait, what? It's, it's anybody's guess. Hold on. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> Jump back. It's Abby Normal. Okay. I love you so much. I know. So, in the past, we've talked about uh, candle lights, or as some might know it, Christmas. And let's see, we talked about the Victorian era. We did. We talked about Victorian Christmas, which is really kind of Christmas as we know it. It's the Dickensian, yes. uh, God blesses everyone, a fatted goose? Yes. Although we also talked about turkey. We did. So that's it. <laughs> that's, all that, <laughs> that's all there is to talk about with Christmas. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Unlike Thanksgiving, um, there really is no Christmas meat. Like they're like, well, Thanksgiving. Honey, has let's keep it turkey. PG. It's candlelight. Oh, sorry. Woo! <laughs> what All is right. it the kids say? S M H. Which I used to think was smacking my head. Oh God! That's not it. I'm a dad now. Okay, so this year. We're going a little bit further back, and we're going to talk about Elizabethan Christmas. The Christmas of Shakespeare. Or Elizabeth. Yes, both Her name's them. right there. Yes. He was there, but you know what? So were a lot of other people. <laughs> no, no one's ever like, Elizabethan Christmas, the time of Steve. Like, a lot of other people, a lot of people who weren't Shakespeare, that's what I'm saying, a lot of people who weren't Shakespeare yes. were there. 
Can we just for once acknowledge them? Name them. What was their contribution to society? They worked hard every day. That was real America. (laughs) None of this Hollywood Shakespeare stuff. Oh, God, no. Hey, you know what? Let's really get into it. Politics. No. No. You guys. Okay. Well, so we've talked about, if you haven't listened to our show, we've talked about the idea that a lot of Christmas traditions really throughout history have been um, kind of an amalgamation. Stolen. Incorporated with pagan sort of traditions, right? Um, The most predominant one in Elizabethan time was the idea of Yule. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, right? Um, Do you know about the Yule Log? Yeah? Yule Log, uh, for those who don't know, is uh, you burn a log. It's awesome. Listen, I'm not doing it justice. (laughs) It's really cool. So you have... uh, This is how I understand it, and I think that there are different versions of it. Um, In one version... You can, like, bore holes into the log and put candles in it and burn the candles. In another, it's when you cut down a, a tree to decorate the, the, like, part that you chop off of the trunk. Stump. Sure. Becomes the Yule log. But it's, it's like you burn it in, like, celebration of, like, the, the old to the new. Um, and in some traditions, a piece of the Yule log is kept all year in order to rekindle the new Yule log that year. Yes. Uh, it's very awesome. I would call it a cool Yule. <laughs> okay, bye! So here's the thing about Elizabethan, um, which kind of... The time period in general really extends beyond the rule of Elizabeth I in both directions Um, because there's like the Tudor dynasty, Mm -hmm. Henry VIII. Um, You've heard of him. Yeah. Good. Um, He had some wives? (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so this Elizabethan period extends between uh, his rule and the end of hers. So the thing about Elizabethan England is... There were dinosaurs. No. But there were several powerful fractions of government. Um, and the way that Elizabethan England worked whatever sort of person was in power, that is the religion that you were, right? So if someone Catholic was in power, everybody was supposed to be Catholic. If someone Protestant, you know, like the Church of England was in power, you were supposed to be Protestant. I'm so glad that doesn't happen here in America. It's not like whoever's in charge, they get to dictate, like, what religion rules the land, you know? It's so nice that that doesn't happen here. You're being facetious, and I'm not here for this. Okay. You need a catchphrase to go with that. Like, How about topical? What do you think? That sounds pretty good. Okay. Now I, I just have to bring a slide rule out. Yeah. No, slide whistle. Slide rule. No, bring a slider rule out. <laughs> and a scale ruler. <laughs> but it doesn't make any noise. Nope. <laughs> anyway. You could hit it. Um, 
So a lot of these rituals and customs about this time of year were being banned and outlawed or celebrated again, and it kind of went back and forth depending upon, first of all, your social class, and second of all, what religion you were, and if you had to hide that religion. Uh, so what, what really stayed throughout Elizabethan times was the idea of the feast, Right, so even if you were Protestant, if you were Catholic, you could still celebrate like Christmas dinner. The feast of Stephen, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. <laughs> That's a feast of a, a saint, so I think, right? Oh man, really? Yeah, I not... thought it was just a guy who made the food. You did not. I did, but I'm also <laughs> a child. And so this feast took place on Twelfth Night, right? So this was the celebration. Or what you will. That's how long it took me to remember what the subtitle was. <laughs> uh, so the celebration of, like, December 24th through, um, through Epiphany, which is January 6th. Is um, that the 12 days of Christmas, by the way? Yes. Thanks, audience who paid to be here. <laughs> I love crowdsourcing information. If we That's were what I home. do on Twitter, too. Like, hey, how do I program this thing in my computer? People are like, Google? If we were at home, this would be a Travis Googles it yeah. session. Um, Thank you. So this feasting took place throughout this whole time, um, the, the 24th through the 6th. And then... I love that. By the way, I love that about Christianity because a lot of religions when they do, like, a big block like that, it's about, like, fasting. And in Christianity, it's like, no, 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 get this. It's all you can eat. Okay, really? well... Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak to... So Protest eight days? No, 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 12. Now, you don't know because you weren't raised Catholic. No, I was raised Southern Baptist, very lenient, very forgiving. <laughs> But in the Catholic religion, the four weeks leading up to Christmas are kind of about, like, fasting and thinking about the solemn kind of business of Christmas. Mm, that's Advent. The, that's, okay, Advent. it's not Lent, though, right? No, Lent is after. That's for... I wasn't raised Catholic! Lent, I don't know! Lent is about Easter, right? And Mardi Gras. It starts... It, it starts on, yeah, Good yeah. Friday, yes. Fatted yes. Tuesday. That's before. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, and then there's Wacky Wednesday. No. Thirsty Thursday. And women get in free on Friday. <laughs> okay, bye! <laughs> And taking over for Travis, Teresa's second husband. Let's move on. Along with the Yule celebration, this is also when we start to see the idea of decorating for Christmas. Is this, you, you had said, because I said I was going to sing as much as I could <laughs> of Good King Winsless, and you said, or you could do Holly and the Ivy. Is right. that Elizabethan? No. Oh. It's Victorian. But 
um, the idea of the holly and the ivy is very much Elizabethan because still being a very um, agrarian society, uh, they were they were really in tune with the idea of the seasons because you have to have uh, the planting season and the growing season and the harvest season and then you have the winter season. So um, they would bring in different items of greenery uh, into their homes to kind of remind them of the to idea. To kind of spruce up the joint. Uh, <laughs> don't applaud for that. Freeze frame. Uh, to kind of remind them of the idea that even though it's winter outside, just kind of the world is sleeping and will return again in spring, anything that was evergreen was brought inside like holly um, and ivy and, and things like that. Do you think, and we, talk, we talked about uh, Christmas puddings on a previous episode. Yes. But like... Them, the shape of them. I've always thought it reminded me of like that, uh, the ball that uh, the, that they tend to carry when they're getting the coronation. You know, they got the scepter and like the ball with the cross on top. It always makes me think of that. Do you think that it's supposed to be designed? This isn't like factual. This is just like, hey, what do you think? Um, I think that the pudding was originally a steamed dessert. Sometimes not even dessert. It had meat in it sometimes. Get out of here. Um, and That's like putting pineapple and ham on pizza. I keep taking these cheap shots just to get so the audience cheap, on board. So cheap. And when you steam something, you steam it in a cloth, and so the cloth kind of bi- binds it in a circular thing. So it's, yeah. you can't make like a, a square out of a cloth. Or you can you? Hi, I'm Travis McRoy. <laughs> Invest today in square pudding. We're calling them squiddings. I need a million dollars for a 1% stake. No. No. Are you ready to start recording? Oh my gosh, what? Hello, internet. I'm, wait. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so... One of the things that happened, as I mentioned, during Elizabeth's reign is, uh, like I said, she was uh, of the Church of England that her father started. Um, And so she outlawed a lot of holidays. Um, President's Day, (laughs) Groundhog's Day. Mostly Saints' Day. Fourth of July. (laughs) Mostly celebrations of saints, Um, And so she replaced a lot of these holidays, and one of the holidays that she kind of replaced was called Plow Monday. Listen, we've all worked jobs where it was a real Plow Monday. That was the cleaner version of the joke I had in my hand. Tune in later for the after show. (laughs) The after show, which may have originally been the feast of St. Mary, right? And so it was a saint, that was a Catholic thing. So she replaced it with Plow Monday. But we're still cool with like Santa Claus? Or Santa Claus probably wasn't... Not a thing. I mean, he was. They just didn't know about him yet. Because they hadn't explored the North Pole. I suppose. 
That really blew up his spot. That would be the Feast of St. Nicholas, which uh-huh. again would have been outlawed according to the Church of England. Do you think that Santa Claus got really mad when people started having so many kids? Because he was like, I'm just, I barely got a handle on this. Calm it down. Baby boomers really pissed him off. Keep it in your pants, says St. Nicholas. No. I'll edit that out later. <laughs> That's just a joke for me. Um, so one of the things that happened uh, on Plow Monday, which was the day after Epiphany. Come on. I know, it just keeps being funnier and funnier. You know who's not a fan of that holiday? Who? Garfield. <laughs> you know how everyone's talking about Garfield? Not just me and Justin and Griffin, but everybody. Every, everybody, including the Elizabethans. He's never been hotter than in Elizabethan England. Right. When he was St. Garfield. Before he was outlawed. Um, so, one, one of the parts of this Twelfth Night Epiphany Plow Monday thing was especially on this this last few days of Twelfth Night celebrations. There was someone appointed the Lord of Misrule. Okay. What do you think that that he does? She, I mean, probably not if she were talking about the Elizabethan period. What do we like, think they do? They, yes. I would say they probably don't rule things good. (laughs) Their pranksters are Latinos, always stirring up the pot, creating mischief wherever they roam. Oh, don't get in their way, or mischief might befall thee. Pranksters, scoundrels, scallywags, 'er ne'er-do-wells, pollywogs. What happens, I, when I read about this, I thought, oh, it's like in the Disney movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, remember the Feast yes. of Fools, right? Yes, of so course. it's kind of like the topsy-turvy business. Uh, well, sort of. Not, I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Is it the guy who like walks in and like, let's get drunk? No, I mean, okay. I mean, Is he like of. the Lord of Demons then? Let's go the other way. No. So basically what the Lord of Misrule would do is kind of, he's like the party MC. Yeah. Yeah. I want that on my tombstone. The Lord of Misrule. Yeah. Or party MC. I'm fine with that too. (laughs) MC party, the party MC. Right. But spell party funny, you know? With. I don't know. It's up to you. I'll be dead. Anyway. So he was like the MC of the party and he would tell people when it was time to dance and when the feast was starting. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess. I want to do that. How do I do that? Do you like just sign up for it or is it rotation or what? I guess we would have to have a 12th night party in order for you to... Y'all ready for a party? (laughs) All right, let's take a quick vote. Option A... For the Lord of Misrule. There's only one option. Yay! 
the music, Paul. Don't. We're not done. Um, and so, history. One of, one of these dances was called the Devil's Dance. Uh, it's not he what you did think. This. No. I mean, basically, people just kind of like galloped around on hobby horses. Like the devil. From you know. wherever they happen to be, like around the churchyard. And was that like home. the chicken dance or like the Macarena? It would come on and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> give me the hobby horse. Yeah. I just don't I understand. Don't this year. No, everyone does the devil's dance. I just Everyone, don't understand don't what would be devilish about that. They're like ringing bells and singing loudly. You know, like the like... devil. You know how he's annoying and dumb? <laughs> you know, and he's 10 years old. It does make me think of um, in, in the King Killer Chronicles. This isn't even a joke, but it's just where my brain went. And they, there's like a celebration where there's, uh, you know, the evil demon guy. And he just like parties, but it turns out he's a nice guy and he helps both. I'm just saying, maybe demons aren't what you think. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Can I talk to you about Satan? <laughs> he's not so bad. He's on a hobby horse. He rings a bell. Pretty good guy. If you think about it. And now that I've indoctrinated you all, let's get back to the show. All right. We'll talk afterwards. Um. So I'm gonna need you to sign something. <laughs> One of the things, and I want to talk about this, the one of the things that survives today um, is this idea of hospitality during this time. Um, so it wasn't uncommon for a church or community to kind of sponsor a feast where social elite and the working class would mingle together. And this was like the one time where it was perfectly acceptable for everybody to be really in the same room because this was a, a highly segregated society um, according to socioeconomic status. And, uh, and I mean, basically, if you lived in the cities or in like a castle, you were rich, but if you lived in the countryside, you were poor. But people at this point the communities came together in a very similar way that is kind of the, the Christmas feeling of today. Uh -huh. that, and that survived into the, um, into the, sorry, the Victorian age where you get this idea of like soup kitchens hosting a Christmas party thing. I mean. I'm not going to make jokes about this. That's nice. That's a nice thing to do. We should take care of each other during candle nights. It's not a joke. It's just a fact. It's not a fact either. It's a statement of opinion. And even Queen Elizabeth during this time period was known to be a little more open with her, her feasts, you know, other than just courtiers. They, they might invite people of kind of lower status in kind of a, a hospitable atmosphere. Can you imagine being that lower class person invited, and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to do bad at this. No, thank you. I'm good here. There weren't a lot of, like, table manners or anything, so, like, what are you, what are you talking about that they might be Just embarrassed about? Go. I don't like now being invited to things, let alone when there's an actual, like, socio-divide. <laughs> but this was the, really the only time of year because you think about, uh, like I said, agrarian society, so a lot of agriculture, 
There really wasn't much to do, which is kind Except, of... Except, you know, work. But it's winter. How do you, how do you farm in the winter? Like this. <laughs> but harder. That's, <laughs> that is hard farming in the winter. Yeah. But life was hard back then in real America. <laughs> you know I'm talking about England, right? What? So there wasn't a lot to do. So that's one of the reasons why this holiday really even exists. And I imagine really took off. Because right. like this, if, I, if it were during like the summer or spring or even fall, I imagine like everybody would be too busy to spend time on this. But during winter exactly. where you have a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. it's probably easier to focus on this as something to like look forward to and carry you through. Right. And speaking of carry you through, this is one of the areas of history where um, caroling or wassailing really existed or wassailing. I've seen it written both ways. Um, because, like I said, these poor farmers didn't really have anything to sustain them if they didn't have a really good harvest or if their landlord was really terrible and just confiscated it. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, let's dive away from that real quick. Everything's fine. They're all dead now. Yeah, think about that. Death came for them as it comes for us all. We'll talk about it after the show. That's such a Candle Nights thing. I know. Ah, the warmth in my heart. Uh, So this is when you really start to see the period of uh, caroling for tips, Mm -hmm. for money. Um, Because, like I continue to say, this farming society, uh, they didn't have a lot to do during winter. So it was really important, especially to the lower classes, that this tradition continue. Guess what happened when the Puritans arrived? (laughs) Oh. Oh, they killed it. Yeah. The only people who have ever stopped Christians from celebrating Christmas is Christians. Yep. It's such a happy note to end on, but the Puritans really like Bummers. shut that stuff down. It's just, down. you know, when you have people who take religion too seriously and they want to stop everybody else from doing things they enjoy because they don't enjoy them, I'm just so glad that that doesn't happen now. Cut it out. All right. Is that going to do it? Um, yeah. That's going to do it, I think. Um, so, happy candle nights. Happy yes. 12th night. Please celebrate with a steamed pudding. Thank you. And some, you know what? Responsibly, and if you imbibe, just get wasted. <laughs> Respons- responsibly, listen. That's what the Elizabethans would do. Responsibly. Because back then... Not ne- responsibly. They no, would not no, be No, but back then... The, you couldn't drink the water, so all they did was drink alcohol all day long, and they were really cool about it. And this is what I'm saying: is as your chosen Lord of Misrule, nothing is going to upset those dang Puritans more than if you responsibly get wasted. How about we say enjoy your holiday? Yeah, wasted. Who said that? I think a balloon paused. It sounded like wasted. Hey, let's let's give our thank you notes. Okay. Um, so one, thank you to you for for coming to the show. 
Um, thank you to Paul Saboran. Uh, thank you to the city, what? What? Oh, go. What, yeah. the city of Huntington. Um, thank you to Brent, Brentofloss Black, for our wonderful theme song, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold, so go buy that. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting us. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful thumbnail art on Twitter. And thank you to Keely Weiss Photography. Who's Woo-hoo. here? I see you. Where are there you? She is. Everybody cheer for Keely. Yay! She took those beautiful, that beautiful picture that's on the cover of our Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. So go join that oh. Facebook group. Um, that's going to do it for us. We're going to uh, leave the stage. And then uh, Still Buffering is going to come out. But there's going to be a break in there while I quickly stop recordings, render it, and start a new recording. So just, like, be cool, all right? Do the thing. Oh, yeah. Hello, my... I can't remember no, what no, I say. No. What do I say? Say, that's going to do it for That's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manner Schmanners. Good night, everybody. You say, get it! Get it! MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also like... <laughs> funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. Hey, MaxFun listeners. It's Jesse, the founder of MaximumFun.org. I have some pretty incredible holiday news for you. So you remember last year's Max Fun Drive. We offered pins for all of our shows to folks who donated. And we agreed to donate all of the net revenue from the pins to the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. Well, I just yesterday had the chance to hand a giant check to a representative from the food bank. And you're not going to believe how much money you gave to give needy families food. Over $100,000. $100,365 to be specific. That means nearly half a million meals for families who need food this year. I'm really proud of every single Maximum Fund donor who made this possible. It's a remarkable achievement, a beautiful thing. It completely obliterated my idea and expectation of what we might be able to do this year. So, as you head into 2018, please be proud of what this amazing community did for hungry families in the Los Angeles area where Max Fun is based. If you'd like to keep the love rolling, go to lafoodbank.org slash maximumfun. 
That's lafoodbank.org slash MaximumFun, and you can make a tax-deductible donation there. Every dollar that you give means four meals for needy families. Thanks to all of you who support everything that we do, and thanks for your incredible contribution to folks who need it here in our hometown.